Gen X Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Trish the Dish, and we did it, guys. We got to the end of season one. Oh, wait. I don't even know if that works. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm so delighted you guys stuck around to hear me go on and on about season one. No, I'm not going to make this super long Um, And I want to let you know that if I've worked with you or um, you've sponsored or helped um, my podcast in any way, I'm going to be doing a ton of thank yous at the end of the podcast. So um, if you want to fast forward to that part to see if I mention you or if you just want to um, stop listening before that, um, you know, that is entirely up to you. I thought I would warn you guys about that before I, <laughs> um, before, before I did that. So, um, listen, I am just so delighted to even have made this, you know, years long dream a reality. I like this so much more than doing YouTube. Um, although I'm really looking forward to, moving this more into vodcasting. Um, one of the things that I want to work on over this summer, but it's a little different to do a podcast versus just like doing a YouTube channel and just sort of like talking at the camera. And, um, I don't know that I, I wasn't as comfortable with editing back then. Um, I think I've talked about that in the past, but but it's been really fun. I'm, I'm really delighted that there's almost 40 episodes in season one um, I've been I've been pretty busy um, since since I launched this in August, and um, it's really remarkable to me that there are so many of you listening, and I cannot thank you enough. It is it's so amazing to me. Um, you know, we've got listeners all over, and I mean, I'll need to say that again, but um, I do want to say that I'm pretty excited that um, Mexico has joined our listening audience. Um, so it's it's pretty exciting. I know other podcasters go through and they talk about like, you know, the um, the huge numbers and but um, I am not quite at a place where I'm at huge numbers. And you all already know that we're heard in tons of countries and states. But um, I do want to give a shout out to. Um, to all of you for tuning in and also really want to thank you for giving me your feedback and um, telling me what you like about the show. I, I'm telling you, it is so amazing to me that anyone other than my family is listening. And it's really neat when you all tell me about your thoughts. So if you've ever listened to an episode Um, Or during the summer when I'm on my pod tour and I'm not releasing episodes of my podcast um, and you take some time to to go back and listen to uh, maybe some episodes you've missed and you feel like you really want to reach out to me, send me your comments either through genxvoice.com and there's a spot to contact me or Go to um, my Instagram page at Gen X Voice or, um, you know, like the Gen X Voice Facebook page and Facebook group. Um, 
mostly the group because that's a good place to do the comments. But the Facebook page is where I will, um, I'll be posting some, uh, you know, some live streams this summer. Um, so, but, but yeah, definitely tell me your thoughts. Um, even, even if I'm not continue, you know, doing anything more, this is the end of season one. I still want to hear what you think about episodes, especially if they move you. Um, you know, I've had listeners tell me that, um, they'd never heard, um, they, they, they don't know anyone who's transgender and the episode, um, where, uh, my friends, you know, talk about being parents of a transgender child, Gen X, um, parenting a transgender child is the episode. Uh, by the way, any, anything that I mentioned, I'm going to put a link to, there's probably going to be a ton of links, especially to, um, when I do my thank yous and stuff, but, um, to certain projects, but, but yeah, you know, that, and that really meant a lot to me to, to hear that someone's worldview may have been shifted just a little bit in a different way because of that episode. And, um, you know, and not every single podcast episode is about changing minds and, and changing the world. Um, but if, if anyone listens to Depeche Mode out there, one of my favorite songs from the album Black Celebration is Princess Di is wearing a new dress and there's this great line. I feel like I've talked about this in one of the episodes, but it's like, um, if you can change a mind, wait, if you can change the facts, you can change minds. And if you change the mind, you can change a vote. And if you change your vote, you can change the world. And I know it's super cheesy and probably not a lot of people think of Depeche Mode as this like super woke, um, <laughs> like transcendental, you know, um, I don't know, sort of like, like you too, you think of, you think you would, you would expect a lyric like that from YouTube, but maybe not necessarily Depeche Mode, but I'm telling you as a 15 year old and hearing that those lyrics in that song that has always stuck with me. And, um, so thank you, Martin Gore and David Gahan and Andy Fletcher, because y'all kind of really shaped, helped, helped shape me into, um, I don't know, just being super aware of things and wanting to change the world. And not that I'm changing the world, but man, just changing that one person's perspective, um, that was really important for me to, to, to like do like, I, even if it's just one person, you know, as a teacher, I always talk about how I was a teacher for like 10 years. And, you know, I even had a few of my former students on this year, which was so rad. And, you know, you always hear how like, oh, you, you know, you're planting the seeds. You never know if, if they're like, you're never going to be able to reap the garden um, vegetables from the seeds that you, that you do in teaching. I don't know. It's something like that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not super eloquent <laughs> if you guys have noticed, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that even if one student in 10 years tells you that you made an impact on them, um, that really is like, 
is so magical that really does something to, I think, like a human being. And so, um, but I'm fortunate enough to hear like a couple people tell me, um, things like, like, like that. Um, and, uh, it just makes me want to keep making episodes. And, um, one of the biggest reasons why I started this podcast, um, if you will recall, those of you that have been with me from the beginning, um, I, I was really, distraught that people were looking at middle-aged people, specifically middle-aged white women of, you know, middle income, perhaps, um, as these Karens, as these racist, uncaring, um, privileged not and I recognize my own white privilege but I think there are levels to privilege and it was important to me to start this podcast to shed some light on um you know whenever we take a broad brushstroke on something and and I know I do this a lot I'll be like well my generation well people like me but you know um I'm constantly being challenged by my guests, right? Like, um, well, I heard, you know, that Asian people really like, you know, new order, you know, and, and my last guest Ray was like, Oh, I I don't really identify uh, with that group. (laughs) So not really sure what you're talking about. Um, but so it's good for me, right. To have my own, um, maybe opinions, um, or just questions I have sort of, checked at the door, but I think it's important for, um, for all of us to recognize that there, man, just in interviewing all the people I've interviewed, think about the absolute huge range of human beings that have been on this show and, um, from racial identity, identity, sexual identity, um, gender identity, um, having children, not having children, um, you know, how we were raised, being abused or not, um, you know, abusing drugs, um, battling depression. I mean, first and foremost, I want to thank all of my guests for opening up to me and sharing their stories. Like I, I actually can't believe, um, how, how beautiful that was. And it means the world to me that my guests, A, took the time to be on the podcast, but B, were so transparent. And I hope that you felt that in all of the interviews that um, these people were sharing their souls with us and their insight. And, you know, I think that um, hearing from these different people and these different and these different generations, right? I mean, I also it was important to me not only to uh, make sure that Generation X was heard and not looked at as just a bunch of, you know, white, um, middle class, middle aged, privileged um, Karens, but that there's actually this 
huge group of us that are so empathetic and and so passionate about um equality and 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 equity and fairness and um you know the environment and humanity and racial um justice and um and it just i hope that at least in this season that i was able to show that we aren't a bunch of Karens. And 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 the other part that I always had um in my or have in my website is that we're also not a bunch of slackers. And you know there's there's people that do it that did incredible things and especially in the last um you know well I guess I would say all of my Gen Xers that it, that were on um it may appear to some that maybe we were being slackers um, because we d- chose alternative routes to get to where we were. But some were incredibly driven. And, and you know, I think about Gabe in the episode, um, Gen X Risk Takers, you know, how he just knew even his first semester of college that he was going to have a, a specific kind of job which he does. And it's, and it's so amazing. Um, but you know, to just, to just write off a whole generation is just preposterous there. I've said it, it's, it's preposterous. And it actually sounds like I'm totally pronouncing that word wrong. (laughs) Um, but you know, I, I really think that we all have to kind of take a moment and think about how we generalize human beings in general. Whoa, that was redundant, but um, but I'm serious. You know, it's so easy to categorize people and pigeonhole people. And that's something that I have been fighting my whole life. I don't want to be pigeonholed as a, a you know, a certain type of person. Um, I feel like there's so many layers to every human being that we come into contact with. So to, you know, say, oh yeah, they're all just complacent because they're in the silent generation or, oh, they're all just, um, you know, sellouts because they're boomers and, and they don't, their opinion is irrelevant anyway, because they're so old at this point or, Oh, um, if, if, if Gen X is ever mentioned, um, oh, they're just a bunch of racist slackers, um, or, oh, you know, they're just so, um, self-absorbed millennials. Oh, Gen Z are just so, um, you know, they're, they're so superficial and they don't, and they don't know anything. You know, here's the thing is... Whenever we make these sweeping statements about people, by the way, that's my dog scratching at the carpet like she's <laughs> making her nest. So if you hear that, I apologize. Savannah is here in the studio helping us out on this last episode. Um, but we are limiting their ability to to thrive. Um you know, it's funny because um, I'm really enjoying reading um, X Saves the World. Um, great book. 
Um, I asked the author if he would like to come on the podcast, and he said that he'd actually prefer to to not really go back to that. I mean, he is such a prolific, you know, uh, writer and um, photographer and stuff. So um, I don't blame him, but still cool that he even replied to my Instagram message. But, you know, there's a section where it was talked about how millennials were raised in this world where they could do anything and they could be anything. Uh, They just had to play the game, Um, you know, so pop music became a lot more sterile as opposed to the 80s, where it was really a wide gamut of things. Um, and, And here I am. Here I am myself contradicting what I'm saying, but this is the generalization that's discussed in the book. So bear with me. Um, But, you know, when you raise a generation of people to think they can be anything and they can do anything, um, you know, like that's so, so different than telling them like, oh, you're just a bunch of slackers and you guys don't really care about anything and you're basically irrelevant um, to the big picture. And, um, that's a totally different vibe. Right. But, but what's so weird is that now people are turning on millennials and, and, and talking about how superficial and terrible they are when that's the lie they were given their whole lives was to, to do that and be that. And, you know, admire people like Britney Spears and, um, Paris Hilton, like, cause, Cause that's how you be- get success. And now you're telling them that they're superficial. Ugh. Ugh. but also remember that inside of those sweeping notions are people like Sharon, um, who has been on the guest a couple times and still holds the most downloads for what do millennials and Gen X have in common? Um, she's a very deep person with, you know, a lot of introspect and opinions on things, you know, she's a well-read woman and to, you know, yeah, we can talk about real housewives. She's the whole reason I even know who Lisa Vanderpump is. Um, and, and podcasting. Well, I mean, I did podcasting years ago when it first came out, but I mean like listen to podcasts. Um, you know, like, I think it's okay to have a bit of superficiality too. Just going to, just going to throw that out there. Like the, I don't think you can sit around and, you know, I, I don't know, philosophize about Nietzsche and Kierkegaard all your days. I mean, without having a little bit of some, you know, the Osbournes, like that was like a great show while I was reading Nietzsche actually. Um, So I just, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of kind of culture wars to use Bill (laughs) O'Reilly, who who is like the antithesis of, uh, oh, of Jon Stewart. I used to love watching them battle. I'm I'm obviously a Jon Stewart person, but my family is really, um, you know, a Bill O'Reilly group. But, you know, I do believe there are culture wars, but I think they're the wrong ones that he talks about. It's not about Christmas or Christianity. 
what it is is there's a war on racial justice and there's a war on ageism and i don't i don't know what i can do in the fight for racial equality oh and i think there's the fight for the environment the war on the environment as well um the the racial war is man it it i would love to be like it's going it's going great like we're winning that war people are less racist um but I also live in a very, um, a very blue lives matter kind of neighborhood, um, which incidentally started off as a flag to support first responders in general. And then it became this anthem for, you know, sort of racism anyway. Um, I I will do and continue to do my part on anything I can do to to help that war. But I feel a little bit more armed, I guess. Dude, I'm such a pacifist and I'm sitting here trying to talk about war. <laughs> but this is like the war on drugs, right? Like this is like a is like a it's like a euphemism. But um I feel better equipped to handle ageism because I have worked with so many age groups throughout my life. I was raised by a, a boomer who was a super young boomer. Um, and my grandparents and my uncles who one of them is an older boomer and one or well, mid boomer, I'd say, uh, I guess he's kind of a younger boomer anyway. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm digressing. And, um, and my other uncle who is an older Gen Xer, I mean, he's like eight years older than me. So collectively I've had influences, um, even in my formative years by younger people, or sorry. So, so many different kinds of generations and people. And I've always respected the elderly. I've always loved talking to them and, um, you know, just picking their brains. Like one of my favorite people in the world was my great aunt sis, my grandpa's sister, who was like 70 something years old when I was a teenager hanging out with her. Just me and her one-on-one. -on -one. I'd drive to her house in Laughlin from Joshua Tree, which is about three hour drive through the desert. Um, like all the time. <laughs> like that's how I ran away from home, quote unquote. Um, but I just feel like ageism, I feel like ageism is like the place we can all kind of start together without, without it becoming political. Because once we unpack people's generational perspectives, and again, I'm I understand I'm contradicting myself when I'm saying like, oh, you can't, you can't just take a brush. But, but I think 
one of the things that we've we've been able to unpack in this in this season is that there are generational identifiers. Okay, so Gen X was raised on, you know, ET and um, you know, Tears for Fears and <laughs> Guns N' Roses and Wham and do, do you know what I mean though? Um, Stand by Me and um, what I'm trying to say is that I think that there are there's enough cultural occurrences within generations that you can say, oh, I can understand the sort of tunnel vision or the perspective being brought from this person because this is what was happening in the decades of their formative years, or this is how their parents were viewing the world in their formative years and therefore sort of sharing that down. I know it's a really weird thing to kind of say or in this, in this sort of thought process, but I'm watching the crown right now. It took me a long time to jump in on the crown boat because I'm not a huge period piece person. Although every time I watch a period piece, I actually really like it, but it's so hard to get me to watch unless my aunt takes me and, or she's like, Oh, I got this great show. I always love watching them with her, but I rarely watch period pieces on my own. Um, but I think it's a really, I'm, it's great. I'm hooked by the way. I'm already on season three. I think I started Thursday. <laughs> um, maybe, it, maybe it was last weekend. I don't know, but I mean, I've just been binging it like solid. Actually, I almost was going to continue cause I'm on season three. I think I said I was going to keep watching that instead of recording tonight, but Sunday is my recording night, so I wanted to honor that and make sure that I definitely wasn't rushing on Monday night. Um, I'd rather spend that time editing. But anyway, um, you know, I'm because I'm I'm working on this podcast, and because ageism is my passion, um, anti, you know, getting disassembling ageism. Uh, you can really see the. The issues happening in the crown um, because of generational differences, because of times changing. Um, and because of a desire to hold on to the old ways, right? Like the stoic you know, Queen Elizabeth is, is always trying to hold on to the old ways because that was what was taught to her. And that is how she has learned to lead. So bear with me. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going back to where I was. Um, I'm ADHD, so it's always a journey with me, right? <laughs> Especially in these solo episodes, but I think that's literally what happens in every generation all the time. You have these sort of 
cultural growing pains in which things are changing culturally in civilizations and it scares the older people and it excites the young people because they want to be a part of it because they see it. It's so clear to them. But there's a lot of fear that comes with change and there's a lot of fear with well, if we do it this way, then we're going to lose tradition or we're going to lose, um, you know, morality in, in, the, in terms of the morality that I was raised on, for instance. I mean, not me personally, because y'all know, I, I mean, I, I mean, I got some morals, but they're, <laughs> they're pretty modern. <laughs> um, maybe except when it comes to Cardi B and. <laughs> that's a good gener the the generate sex and the generations live that's a good one to check out uh because i probably totally sound like a middle-aged person there which i am but 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 i'm always willing to um have people challenge me but but i don't know if you guys understand what i'm trying to say like i think a lot of the issues that concern racial divide and racial tension or the inability to see that exists is because people are looking at it through their cultural lenses. So when I talk to, let's say, people from the baby boomer generation, and I'm not saying anyone that's ever been a guest on my um, show, because I'm not trying to single any, any guest out for sure. Um, or people. But just in my experience, I understand a lot of where they're coming from because they, they, because in the 60s, the civil rights movement happened. The war was won. But it's almost like that's for them, they're unwilling to see that it, that was like, um, that was like, just say no and dare. The war was still going on, even though we had these like anthems of like saying no to drugs. Um, all of us that I know and man, you know, I, you know, I love my sisters over in the untitled Gen X podcast. They did a great one on the, um, war on drugs, um, and the old commercials and stuff. You got to check it out. I'm definitely going to leave a link to it. Cause it's literally my favorite episode from them. And I love all their episodes, but that one's my fave. Um, but the, the civil rights movement was only like a place to start. It, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the end of it. It wasn't the end of it. There was, there's so much more that happened from the sixties to George Floyd. And it's interesting that some people choose to, hear some information 
historical information, and some people do not. Now, that is probably a lot deeper than a cultural relevancy or generational um, lens. But we could peel it back even further by saying, okay, well, in the back in the day, there were three channels, like where you got your news from, and you trusted them. And if it wasn't spoken about in the news, it wasn't real. It was made up. It was a conspiracy theory. And what's really sad is that now you've got so much news that is in so many forms. You have the liberal media. You have the far right media. You have QAnon. You have, you know, like where, how do you trust what is what? You know, like. I know so many people who did not believe the virus was a big deal. Well, what was the news source that they were getting that from? And then, so again, that, I don't know if that then becomes a cultural or, or generational lens, but cause so it's lots, but I guess the whole point of my rambling guys is, and thanks for still listening. If you've gotten this far, (laughs) um, is that I really feel like if we can find common ground and respect each other's differences of where we come from, at least on a generational level, then maybe we can begin to hold the space for each other in other ways with other topics, deeper topics, deeper concerns. And then if we can figure out those places where we can meet, then maybe we can all realize that at the end of the day, human beings want the same thing. They want to be happy. It just looks different for some people. Some people think that happiness is having a lot of money in the bank. And then they get concerned about taxes and how that, how, how does that deal with their money? And, you know, how does racism play into that? Because let's say you have a house in a nice neighborhood and you're worried about black people moving into your neighborhood and lowering the value of your house, which incidentally is a real thing that occurs. It's disgusting, but true. Um, so these are sort of these, like, again, is this, is there, is there a way that we can have more conversations where we can unpack stuff like that? So we can start moving the needle, um, And realize that, you know, change is good. And when more people are happy and functioning and feel validated, then better things occur, right? You get this momentum of energy. People want to be at the jobs that they're at because they feel like they're being paid a a living wage. Can you imagine what life must have been like for people from the silent generation who 
fought and won the five-day work week. Now, those of us that have worked in retail and um, service, like restaurants and hotels, uh, we know that doesn't really count. But even then, we still usually could find two consecutive days off. Maybe not in the restaurant work, but um, what what that must have felt like. What kind of productivity occurred because people were so happy. They finally could take those two days off and live something outside of work. You know, and I don't fall by the the fallacy that if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life because I work so fucking hard as a teacher and I loved every single minute of it. And I cried and it was hard. It was so fucking hard that I walked away from it. Um, so I don't prescribe by that. I think everyone needs a break from their jobs. Um, I'm also a huge proponent of your job not equaling your identity, but it took me 40 some odd years to come to that place. But just saying that I really, you know, I'm an idealist. I suffering from depression because <laughs> I'm also a realist and I see I see what goes on with our environment on, you know, documentaries that don't even mean to be about the environment. They're just showing you how Antarctica looked. And then it just so happened they have pictures of the same spot for the last 40 years. And, you know, the accidental environmentalists that it just happens to be like an RV person living in their RV, doing their RV life. Um, but I still have this hope that we can become more compassionate with each other and more empathetic to each other. And we can begin listening to each other's stories and understand like, oh yeah, okay. If I vote for this person, I'm not, I'm not necessarily voting for, you know, against these ideas i'm just voting for what is in my heart to be what's better for everyone um but i i i don't know i know i know that we have a long ways to go with that <laughs> and maybe my podcast isn't that deep <laughs> maybe that's just my own wish but I wanted to revisit sort of those musings of my first episode um, a little deeper and kind of give you a little insight into why I chose the people I chose to be on the podcast and why I asked the questions the way that I do. Because I'm, I'm always coming from a slant of, can we find common ground um, and I didn't always do that with my guests, you know, um, I did have a couple where there was just, you know, them talking, um, 
and that's and that's fine too because um I don't want it to always be about me and what I think. I want my my guests to shine and I try. I just get really excited sometimes when they're especially when they're my friends or they're people that I just feel this like kindred connection with. Um So I just want to thank you guys again. Thank my guests, thank my listeners. Um I'm so excited to take some time, do a little touring with my podcast, to be on other podcasts, um, finally learn how to use my roadcaster better. <laughs> like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Did that make a sound? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just uh, looking forward to having season two and... We'll see. We'll see if uh, we can elevate more Gen X voices and mine and show that maybe the Gen X voice is a voice of the middle child screaming for everyone to just get along so we can move forward. Of course, I don't feel like we're the, the middle child as much anymore because we've got good old Gen Z hanging out in the conversation. But I really do hope that you all come back in August um, and that you join me for a couple live streams and maybe some clubhouse, uh, you know, chats. Um, Again, make sure you follow my socials so you can get abreast of all that. Um, and, And let me know what you think. You went back and you heard something and you're like, oh, I got to talk to her about this. It really triggers this. Um, I want to hear about it because <clears throat> you are the reason I do this. I mean, let me know. Did you any like new insights happen to you this season? Like, did you did you hear a guest and they really resonated with you because they echoed like your cultural identity? Um like one of my listeners said that like the RPG horror and writing episode was by far my best um, because obviously it resonated with him. And that's so, so awesome. So thank you. And that's Jason Zabo, who um, who has the podcast. Wait for it. Who will save Generation X? It's a trivia podcast and it's so fun. Um, I'm really hoping to have him on the podcast in season two and hoping to be a contestant. It's a really, really fun Gen X uh, trivia podcast. So that's enough of me um, thanking you all. But now, if you want, you can turn off the podcast or you can sit and listen Because I'm going to give some thank yous um, because I really, I really appreciate these people. Um, I want to give a shout out. And by the way, if I forget anyone, I'm so sorry. I wrote a page and a half of thank yous. Yeah, so it's going to be long. That's why I said if you want to jet now, this is the time. But um, if if I didn't mention you or I forgot, I'm so sorry. But first and foremost, every single one of my guests who reach out to me, um, that hit subscribe and download every week 
Thank you so much, every one of my guests, for um, even replying back to my emails and coming on. Thank you again so much. And also, I want to give special thank yous to Anastasia, um, Brian at Dumb Records, and Coyote Moon with um, from the Gen X Perspective uh, genius, Tony. Really appreciate all of you guys sending me some sweet swag to um, and 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 wine from Coyote Moon uh, for you know just um, supporting you and your project. So thank you so much for that. Um, I already thanked my my sisters over at Untitled Gen X Podcast, but I gotta thank them again. Um, just really. Just like with with Tony, with Gen X perspective, like y'all are my Gen X fam, and I'm just so delighted to have met you. You've all made the pandemic all everyone that I'm about to say and that I just said, you've made the pandemic like so I live alone. I didn't see my family for a year and a half, you guys, and you all made me feel so less lonely. I want to thank Jason Perry and Resident Genius, my old Resident Genius bandmates, for um, letting me use um, Army of One for my intro and outro um, with my, um, you know, with my cool guitar part. <laughs> um, I want to thank Gen X Women Woman for helping with my write-up and my promos, um, especially Megan Fox. I really appreciate that. But um, Dina and Megan, you guys are also my Gen X sisters, and I really appreciate you so much. I also want to thank our Eileen at Women's Quarterly for being featured um, in their um, third quarter. And they did a Saturday feature on me um, last Saturday. Um, Eileen, I cannot wait to have you on the show um, soon, as soon as you're done, you're ready. We are going to make it happen. Um, I want to thank Chris Anderson, um, for help overcoming digital art issues with Apple <laughs> in like the first month of podcasting. Um, he is super great. He's with the pencil, um, the pencil leadership podcast. Um, and you know, I, would love to have him on the show one of these days. Um, maybe he'll have some time, but he launched his at the same time that I did. And he's been super busy, um, but y'all should go check out his podcast. Um, <clears throat> and then Tyg and Anthony for mentoring and your books, Podcasting Made Simple and um, Overcoming Podcaster Hurdles, sending me those for free. Um putting together the mastermind podcast and all of the amazing um, groups and the, the, the mentoring and just, just the, just everything. You guys are so amazing. Again, those are my Gen Z mentors. Um, and it was super fun doing um, Ermi's podcast, eternal paradigm with Anthony on meditation um, and just kind of seeing where we were at different, places within that journey. Um, but yeah, definitely Ermi, you, Kalia and all my fam, um, at the, um, in the podcaster, uh, mastermind group, 
Um, you guys are totally my family and um, just really appreciate our monthly chats and just the support and just, again, not feeling alone. I met all of these people <laughs> in the pandemic during lockdown. So thank you for being there and, and just being awesome. Oh my gosh. Gotta thank um, a, a lot of my, God, my other family is the Podcasters Collective. And um, John, I want to thank you for all of the gear and software mentoring and 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 help. I'm so excited to get to know OBS better so I can do vodcasting better. Um, and Tom, with he helped me with Audacity and promos. He even made me some really awesome promos you guys might have seen on my socials. Um, and then... Sarah, Rosa, Ian, and all the other um, family members from the Podcasters Collective. Um, I love being a moderator. I love doing the podcast conventions. I can't wait for the Halloween one. I'm so, I'm just so excited that y'all are in my life. Vicki Oldani, you are my, um, my philosophical, inspirational human. Um, we always have these wonderful philosophical inspirational reflections, um, on almost all of the first like 13 episodes, we would call each other and they would inspire us to talk for hours. Um, I'm so grateful. That's why you are my creative director, my dear. Um, because bouncing ideas off of you being in a different generation, um, it really helps me and it makes me feel like I'm putting out quality. So thank you so much. <clears throat> I got to thank Mike and Dana. They will never listen to this podcast. <laughs> A lot of my friends will never, my best friend Kate will never listen to this podcast, but I'm going to thank them anyway. Um, I'm going to thank them because they encouraged me. Oh my gosh. We, they were my bubble couple during the pandemic and um, and still kind of are actually because I don't really hang out with anyone else. And um, and and we would drink and talk about me wanting to do the podcast. And they they did listen to the first couple episodes. They definitely listened to Vicky's first episode um, and and they just encouraged me. And um, and they actually got they actually pushed me to do this like it went from like an idea to like just freaking do it um and and mike spent a lot of time pro you know being my guinea pig <laughs> um and dana actually was on the podcast and i know she listened to hers and her grandma's um but thank you guys so much for that um I want to thank every single friend I reconnected with and found the connection of our friendship still was real and alive, no matter the decades between us. Um, getting a little teary-eyed thinking about that. I am so grateful for you because there were so many friendships and um, that were rekindled. And, and what a great... It feels really good. It feels really good to have you back in my constant life. Like Gabe is texting the group that is with Ray and Jill and I, his, his like garden adventures. And it's, those are, those are my homies. And we haven't 
spent that much time together in decades. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for still being that human that I love. All of you guys. Um, Chris, oh my gosh. James, I mean, there's just like, there's so many of you. I just can't believe. That's when you know friendship is real, right? When it's been 20 fucking years and you can just get on the phone and just be like, hey, so anyway, da-la-la, and it still feels like 20 years ago. I don't know. It's just rad. Um, also want to thank all the strangers who trusted me to share their personal stories and create real connections. Like, I I can't believe how many guests I never knew. And now I really do feel like such an affinity to. Jennifer, you are coming to Sedona to hike with me. And that's that. Um, I want to thank Michael Maley from X Generation Now for guest, uh, for guesting and for having me publish an article I wrote on his website, X Generation Now, um, and connecting uh, about, oh about my my time in um, in my band Resident Genius, being the only girl um, in the music scene back then, and introducing me to my new favorite synth pop group, Nay. Um, oh my gosh, they're so great. This is just. Oh, I just love, love, love every connection that I've made through this. It's been really neat. I also want to thank my auntie for listening and guesting and always, along with my Uncle Mike, supporting me no matter what journey my crazy life is like on, like, you guys are always so supportive, and I know you've listened to a few episodes, and my auntie even guested. Um, my uncle and I, we tried to have him on, but it just it just didn't work out. He's a busy fella. Um, and uh, But, man, it was so good to see you guys for the first time in a year and a half a couple weeks ago and hug you and spend time with you. So thanks for always supporting and loving me. I appreciate you. And then I want to thank Clove for... <laughs> Agreeing to be on my podcast before COVID took your voice away from us. You would have been a great guest, Clove. And finally, I just want to thank you guys all again. All of you listeners around the world. I can't even believe how awesome. Like how rad you are that you're listening. <laughs> Appreciate it. Especially you listen this far. Um, thank you for continuing to click play. And on that note, I will see you guys on the flip side. And that wraps up season one. Season two, again, will start in August, but make sure you go to um, the Gen X Voice Facebook page and group and like and be a member so that you can hear all about my adventures on other podcasts as I do my pod tour this summer. Reach out to me at genxvoice.com. If you have ideas on 
what you think I should unpack for season two. I'm kind of thinking about Gen X versus Zennial. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Micro generations. How do generations really shape our worldview? On the next Gen X Voice, season two, coming in August. Bye, guys. Love you. And, uh... And thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army.